0: Thanks to Linux for pointing out on our last episode, we made a grave error and misstated the actor John Belushi in The Blues Brothers. We kept saying Jim Belushi. We apologize for the huge error.
1: It was all our producer's fault. He has been sacked. Win a complete set of GoBot toys!
0: Announcing the Nestle Quick Challenge of the GoBots game! 250,000
1: prizes! See specially marked packages of Nestle Quick for a free instant winner game card. Grand Prize! Complete set
0: of GoBot toys! First prize GoBot messenger vehicle Second prize GoBot action figure Brought to you by Nestle Quick
1: Welcome, dear listener, to 2019 and to our podcast, Jeff and Rick present, Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, where we journey through each issue of the most underrated Marvel
0: series of the 80s while drinking beer,
1: analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. I am Jeff, and I am Rick.
0: modnart random banter time, buddy. Where you been? What's been going on with you? How are you? Tell me about your life.
1: Well, I'm living life straight through. You're going kind of backwards, I think. (laughs) But we made it through a year. We have. We made it through one whole year Mm -hmm. by the time this comes out. In present day, we actually have like a month to go. But when this is heard, we've made it through a year.
0: A year of our show? Because we came out on April 1st. Or just... Hmm. a year of what because you can always say
1: we made it through a year of what i don't know just a year from yesterday to the year before it. we made it through 2018 and now we're in 2019 so we're that much better okay success
0: hooray us (laughs) oh one step closer to the sweet sweet embrace of the grave
1: great (laughs) i got that on my mind have a great year, everybody. Uh, what else have I been up to? Well, in preparing to get rid of 2018 and to clear out the storage room where I keep my comics, and because mm-hmm. I was tired of tripping over all the other stuff, I decided to pull out all that stuff and get it ready to go to Goodwill. Mm-hmm. Since most of that stuff is old clothes for my daughter, I decided to take all those clothes, put them into giant plastic bags, and when I came over here tonight to record, I brought those plastic bags here. So yes, I brought my garbage to your house. Enjoy! When did I become a Goodwill. <laughs> tonight tonight, as soon as you started
0: (laughs) dropping your junk off to me here you want a headstand for a bed no well i'm leaving it here anyway (laughs) either take it now or after you close i'll just leave it on your driveway
1: (laughs) oh yes oh yes i will
0: Well, I appreciated you dropping off the kids' clothes and the kids' books. That's going to be really great. Uh, Not a problem. Daughter will enjoy them and wear them because then she will have clothes to wear.
1: Yes. (laughs) And we
0: will have clothes to dress her in and not look like pauper people.
1: Aww. Yeah. That's what's been new with me. New with you? Oh, I know what's new with you.
0: Yeah, what's that? You're not sick. Yay! I am on the tail end of it. Yeah, as Rick said, over the past couple of weeks, we've had like two or three colds come stomping through the household, so it's just been sick after sick after sick, and it's really exciting to be going, hey, I'm the last one that's sick in the house and i'm feeling pretty good today so i'm really excited about that that's pretty fantastic the
1: good news is i get to bring you beer
0: yep that is always a really good thing also another really good thing is because we've been sick we've had a little bit of tv time which we don't always get Ooh. so we have been watching shira on the uh, advice of a friend of ours and you know what Yay. yeah it's pretty fantastic <laughs> shira and the princess of power season one on netflix And fantastic. Loving it.
1: Folks, if you have not checked it out, well, pretty much, I'm pretty sure that if you. the the Venn diagram right now in my mind is the people that listen to our show, people who have Netflix and people who like She-Ra I'm I'm assuming that we got a good Venn diagram right there. Yeah, it's a a
0: pretty thick middle. Pretty thick middle. I think the people that'll like that.
1: So, no, honestly, if you have not watched the show, watch it. It's fantastic for kids. My daughter and I went through it. Here's the funny thing. You've met my parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're kind of the square. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my (laughs) daughter was over hanging out with my parents for a week and she got my dad to to watch it and yeah. my dad was hooked hey so cool. if, if you can get a 80 year old knights of columbus stuck in his ways <laughs> roman catholic guy
0: say <laughs> say grumple bus
1: grumple bus then uh, you and you could probably enjoy it as well <laughs> And as I'm saying this, I'm all of a sudden realizing, oh, the when my sister, who, who enjoys to listen to our show sometimes, when she hears this, she's going to come back and say, nice, Rick, really nice. <laughs> <laughs> so before I give you your medicinal beer for the night, mm-hmm. you give me a two-sentence replay of Last Issue. Will do, my
0: friend, will do. Jackal is having a night out in the Big Apple and looking to score some power pack to use in the upcoming Snark War. Well, that doesn't sound too good to our young hero, so after some light kidnapping and a game of cat and mouse chase around town, they defeat the big bad and have Friday come back just long enough to send him away to drop Jackal off into cold storage in the Arctic. Now that the It Takes Katie Two Issues to get over Her Hatred of Franklin two-sentence replay is over, why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our power pack pick
1: is? My pleasure, my friend, and boy howdy, do I have something crazy for you. I'm excited to see it. Oh boy, you say that now. But um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you the name of the beer because you ain't going to find it. Um, <laughs> it is Yo-Yo Mok by To'ol Brewery in Denmark. What the heck? <laughs> It's a big it's a big, tall
0: boy. It's a uh, yellow can, and it says, Kaboom, Splash, Arg, Pow, Crush, Bang, Shwoof, Crack, Bam, Zap, Wham, Vroom, Ouch, Puff, Sock, Smack, Pop, Hashtag YOLO Milk. Yup.
1: <laughs> this, my friend, is... <laughs> I do not know what's going on
0: here. I would not look at this and go, Oh, of course it's a beer. i look at this and I'm all, Uh, off-brand energy drink?
1: It is an Imperial Milk Stout brewed with caviar and champagne yeast. Caviar. And champagne yeast.
0: I've had champagne yeast and things. I've used champagne uh, yeast and stuff. Caviar yeast is a thing I did not know exists.
1: Ah, uh-huh. yeah. Well, there so,
0: we go. So YOLO indeed, which must mean something. If any of you hip young kids could tell us old people what YOLO means. Oh, wait. I looked up YOLO on the internet, and it says you only live once. So YOLO, get
1: insurance and brush your teeth. This is a 14% ABV. Now, why, 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 why did I give you this yellow insanity can? Yeah, why? Why? (laughs) So, first, there is a mess of sound effects in this issue. So, hey. Second, the name is a playoff of YOLO. And, well, let's get back to that at the end of this issue. So, Remind me, and we'll okay. get back to the YOLO. Mm-hmm. Third, milk is Danish for milk, and all kids love milk, and it's power pack. Okay, I'm for it. Okay, yeah, it sounds and, great. And fourth, Denmark did believe in Norse mythology. Ooh, <laughs> so many tie ins, it's ridiculous. So much.
0: Yeah.
1: Let's try this bad boy out. Yeah, let's Hello. Crack it open. Hello. Oh, is it going foam? Here's yeah. a glass. Thank you. That
0: is dark as oil, too.
1: <laughs> yes, that's yes, it
0: fantastic. Is. That is the caviar coming through right there, my friend. <laughs> Because when I think stouts, I think fish eggs. Ah! Ha, ha. Ah! Wow! Ah! ah. ah ha. That is not ah! Ha. <laughs> ah! That is not a beer. That is a hedgerow. What mm. is that? <laughs> I'm hmm. Ah! Ha. It's a mm. tire fire. Half of these sound effects are right. Well, Ka-ba- um, kaboom! her You only live once. Whoo! Whoo! <laughs> 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 mm. My hmm. my goodness. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can't see through it at all. Mm. It makes a giant foamy head on it and uh um it's a good turpentine flavor. <laughs> Actually, it's not turpentine. It's just very imperial. And this isn't imperial. You said this is It's imperial oh, stout. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's um okay. Taste. Taste is um they they've taken the malt, okay. and they've incinerated it. Ah. And then they ran it through I think some tires. I think the tire <laughs> fire is pretty good. Um, oh God, that is ah, that's it's. This is a brutal drink. This is they've taken all fourteen percent of the ABV and they've put it into burnt wood.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't have a burnt wood flavor. It really is kind of tire fiery. It's just very almost medicinal alcoholic.
1: Yes. That's what it is. It's a medicinal alcohol. It's a medicinal alcohol that you can really feel. It's Mm -hmm. this is not a light beer at all. Mm -mm. Um, This one is straight from the fires Ah. of Odin. Wow! Um, uh, Straight from the straight from the fires of the dwarves that have you know created armor that they put on curse.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Straight from uh. Surtur's lavatory. Kaboom.
1: Okay, um, we are going to be struggling through this beer. Uh, Sippy. <coughs> yeah. Sippies. Cannot
0: take big mouthfuls of that. No. That is, that is definitely a long-term sipping. Well, the beers right now are cold. Yeah, So it might be one of those beers that is better when it's room temperature. Sure. So we'll see. we we'll have Because we've, we've had ones that are like that, where we start and we're like, yay, and then we get through and, you know, after an hour or something, you're like, yeah, it's quite pleasant.
1: And, so. mo- and most stouts are like that. That be as it may, as promised... We should talk about Secret Wars 2, issue number six, because Power Pack shows up there for like a hot minute, like seven panels. There's a small bridge between Power Pack issue 17 and what we are reviewing in this episode, which is issue 18.
0: (sighs) Fine. But I got to warn our listeners that this really is not a very good series.
1: No, it's not. But if you really want to try to enjoy the badness of it, check out Secret Wars and Beyond podcast. We've had both Sean and Greg on our show. They do an amazing job. Going through this bad series, and they cover this issue in much more detail, comically.
0: Now you know, I think I rem- I was collecting the Secret Wars two stuff because I got the you know Secret Wars mm-hmm. first one and the Secret Wars two. I remember loving Beyonder. I remember when it was really it was, I don't know if it was just the era or whatever, but it was like oh yeah, Beyonder's great. Oh, he's you know, looks really neat because it was the eighties yeah. and it was like a members only jacket. This guy's pretty fly. So. <laughs>
1: And then as an adult, you read in and say, what? Yeah,
0: it's got massive issues. Man. I remember, again, I remember liking Beyonder as a kid. Now there is a different opinion.
1: Jim Shooter had some issues, which he put out in these books. Yeah, there were
0: some issues with these issues. yeah. Uh, you know, just reading through it, it's just like, I think I just read the one. I, I read the chunks that were applicable yeah. to what we were doing in this. And just look, looking at some and reading it again, I'm like,
1: what is going What? Yeah, that is a question that many people have been asking.
0: (laughs) Let's get on with it. Secret Wars 2, issue number 6, December 1985, Life Rules. Credits, scripter, Jim Shooter, Penciler, Al Milgrom, Inker, Steve Leola, Letters, Rick Parker, Colors, Mini Hands, also known as Tiny Hands to her friends. (laughs)
1: Editor, Bob Budiansky. On page three, the Beyonder, a god-like being who made himself human and is bothering everyone on Earth, is monitoring the world from his newly constructed base for doing good. That's the introduction you're going to go with? Too complicated for the time we have for this. He notices Power Pack getting in trouble and flies off to help because they are kids and helping kids is the right thing to do. He guesses. Honestly, he doesn't know for sure and he is kind of winging it as he really isn't the best of heroes.
0: The Powers, with Kofi and Franklin, are checking out a train that Franklin dreamed would collapse. At the location, there is a gang of hooligans who have discovered the laser gun Jackal was using.
1: You mean, the laser gun that Power Pack failed to pick up after defeating Jackal last issue? Yeah, they're gonna have to own that one. Kaboom! These low IQ Squid Gang members are shooting up the train because their rivals, the Death Angel Gang, who have a much better name, which is probably the reason for the rivalry, are riding the train. The laser is powerful enough to disintegrate the tracks, causing the train to fall. Power Pack dives into action, but the periled, plummeting public passenger placer prolongs its persistent plunge on the pedestrian path. It looks like curtains for all. But then the Beyonder
0: shows up. Wham! The crimson-covered creep calmly causes the crashed caravan to reconstruct, and then he flies off, but not before Power Pack prays his power, and the Beyonder returns the compliment by saying that they're pretty terrific too.
1: So that's it, folks, and that's all we care about. Other stuff happens, but it's not really that relevant.
0: Actually, on page 15, there are two panels that are also relevant to the next issue we cover, but we'll save that for after our story.
1: All in all... It is a pretty pathetic and pointless addition in a really bad story. Discussion. I think we already did that. It's bad.
0: Yeah, it's not good. It it really is just... The art isn't great. Uh, Power Packs thing in there is they basically come around and they go, Look!
1: look, The train's falling, but a man fixed it. The Beyonder. Bye, Beyonder. That's it. And check it out. They made the front cover. They did make... Did they? Oh my goodness, they're in there. Also with Cloak
0: and Dag who isn't. yeah? Yeah. Cloak Daggers there. And uh, Captain America and Thor and She-Hulk. And uh, I that's guess. The, no. Um, Reed Richards. Oh, Reed Richards. And is that uh, Kitty
1: Pride? No, that's Jack. Oh, my goodness. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's a. Sorry, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> He'll talk to you about it later. Okay. <laughs> Let's just move on to our real story.
0: Mm-hmm. And our real story is Power Pack, issue number 18, January 1986. Curse. Credits. Script, Louis Simonson. Pencils, Brent Anderson and Scott Williams. Inks, Bob Wyachek. Letters, Joe Rosen. Colors, Louis Simonson. Editor, Carl Potts. Editor-in-Chief, Jim Shooter.
1: Featuring Power Pack, Alex Power, a.k.a. G, the oldest power sibling, increases or decreases the gravity of objects he touches. Julie Power, a.k.a. Lightspeed, second oldest power sibling, flies very fast leaving a rainbow trail behind her voiced by my wife. Jack Power, a.k.a. Mass Master, second youngest power sibling, controls his molecular density. Katie Power, a.k.a. The Energizer, youngest power sibling, disintegrates matter, turning it into energy, which he can expel into Powerballs. voiced by my daughter. Franklin Richards, a.k.a. Tattletail, can see into the future in his dreams. He's the son of Reed and Sue Richards of the Fantastic Four, and Kofi, the chameleon alien who can teleport. We also have James and Maggie Power, the oblivious parents of the Power Pack children, And the Beyonder, the omnipotent jerk himself. He comes from beyond and is trying to learn what being a human is like. He has made it to the superhero phase of his life.
2: Honk, honk, beep, honk.
0: A reject from Guar is walking down a busy New York street during rush hour, tossing cars and yelling, Thor, give me Thor!
1: Just jumping right into this, aren't we? Yup. Does this scene make you as nervous as the guy in the back of the taxi that's about to get kicked? Not
0: yet. I'm more like the cabbie whose investment in the situation is to honk his horn and basically say, what are you going to do? It's rush hour.
1: Well, bad traffic aside, the large letters above this guy exclaim that this is CURSE!
0: Hold on, hold on. Bad traffic and his name is Curse? That gives me an idea. Oh, God. Curse in the slow lane. He hates door kicks over cars. Curse in the slow lane. Yeah... Okay, now that I have that out of my system, who's cursed?
1: I am glad you asked. I am not glad that you sang. He was originally a dark elf called Algrim the Strong and was tricked into fighting Thor and lost. Badly. Like Anakin Skywalker losing to Ben Kenobi. Badly, but worse.
0: So, high ground plus lava equals lava bath?
1: Yep, lava bath. Luckily, he had enchanted armor. But who doesn't, am I right? That, and thanks to the Beyonder, he was saved. But the Beyonder decided that he wanted to play with this little toy, so he beefed him up, put him into better armor, and put just one thought into his mind. Kill Thor! And do you know why the Beyonder did this? Um, is it because he is the aforementioned omnipotent jerk? Well, yeah, but also because he was curious what Curse would do once he achieved his goal in killing Thor. Then he pointed him towards Manhattan, and forgot about him. That's not unlike setting a three-month
0: fuse on a traveling bomb.
1: You are not wrong, sir. Thus, we have this scene now.
0: Curse doesn't even recognize his own face. He sees it in a window and goes super aggro, picking up a motorcycle and chucking it at a crowd while his armor continues to grow and mutate.
1: A police officer tries to shoot it because, well, (laughs) what else is he going to do? And then weird stuff happens. Understatement of the year. We see
0: the Beyonder in a ghostly image playing with Curse like a marionette and giving some exposition about what's happening.
1: Wait a minute, is this like the Godfather or are we in a dream sequence? Well,
0: yes to the dream and also because Mario Puzo didn't write this. You see, it's a Franklin dream, or as he likes to go as now, Frank. So, this is a prophetic dream, and sure enough, the final thing Tattletale sees is him and Power Pack standing in front of this monster.
1: Frank wakes up, realizes this is a special dream, jumps out of his bed, costumes on, and starts to head out the door.
0: And while trying to reach Power Pack, he is caught sneaking out of the Avengers Mansion by Jarvis.
1: Finally! Jarvis must have slipped some kind of alarm on
0: the kid's door. He picks up Master Frank and notices that he is hot with a fever and forces him to go back to bed for the rest of the day.
1: But Jarvis?
0: Buts are for billy goats, Frank. Say, haunt
1: those new pajamas. I don't recall laying them out for you last night. Several hours later, the Power Pack family is heading to school, tired after a night of misadventures from Secret Wars 2, issue number 6. I would be tired from guest starring in that series as well. And
0: they are running late. But not late enough to not poke fun at each other. Most of the hot air comes from Alex, who is talking about mapping Manhattan's air patterns as it would be useful for his power set. He also wants to double dip and blow all this research into a breezy science fair project. He's deflated, though, because he is too busy doing other things to work on it.
1: Other things like talking to the incredibly perfect Ellison on the phone all night, as Julie points out. Alex insults his sister by saying that Allison
0: is prettier and smarter than Julie, and they talk about more useful stuff like science, while all Julie does is read dumb fantasy books.
1: Dude, first of all, fantasy books are awesome. And second of all, don't compare your girlfriend to your sister. It's kind of gross.
0: Well, gross or not, this is Alex we're talking about, and it isn't like he has a lot of knowledge on the whole girlfriend.
1: Not like, you
0: know, living in a family with two sisters and a mom. Where's he going to get any information about women and their wants and needs from living in a house full of women? I do. I don't know what's going on.
1: You're oblivious. (laughs) Yes, I am. (laughs) Julie punches back by pointing out that if Alex was actually going to be helpful and useful, he would have got his poster boards instead of having their mom get it. Also, it appears Alex has forgotten his homework at home, something he realizes while looking through his binder that is covered with Allison's name he sharpied on it.
0: Julie's not willing to run back to get it, but that's okay. They have a live-in teleporting alien who has nothing better to do with his time than to help out. Kofi has noticed the left-behind homework and pops into an alleyway nearby the arguing and yawning family.
1: Yeah, Katie is especially just looking dead on her feet. By the way, why is Kofi still hanging around?
0: Well, besides crash-landing his father's personal smart ship and running away from his father and not liking his father and hating that his father parlays with snarks, he's still hanging around because... uh, No, those are pretty much the reasons he's decided to hide out on Earth.
1: The kids advise him that if he isn't going to talk to his father the ambassador, and tell him that he ran away to come and save them from the snarks, then he ought to watch TV to learn about his new home. Because that's what E.T. did, and if it was good enough for a movie puppet, it's good enough for their horse cousin. Alex is still grousing about how he could have written a better report if he wasn't fighting supervillains. Or, as Julie adds, trying to con other useful people into running his errands for him. Meanwhile at the art store, home of the fighting foam boards. Speaking of which, Maggie Power is picking up some foam board for her son's project while chatting with the store clerk. As the transaction is finishing up, they notice some kind of commotion outside, but Maggie brushes it off. It's probably just a movie being filmed. And she looks back to say goodbye. Crash! Curse smashes her through a window with a nasty backhand while yelling for Thor. We're gonna pump the brakes here, because... This just looks painful. Reading comic books, you see superheroes take punches and get knocked through buildings. But something that is accepted, it is violence, but you know that the hero can take the hit.
0: When you see a monster like Curse, you know he's going to be going up against somebody like Thor or Captain America or even Power Pack. But this scene where he hits Margaret Power, well, Brent Anderson draws two scenes that show you the damage. The first is her flying backwards through the window, head first, her limp body parallel to the ground. The second is her body, face down, passed out and twisted. On the ground, surrounded by broken glass and the poster board she had just purchased.
1: There is some serious weight here, something that carries through this book and the foreseeable future. There are consequences. As the
0: store clerk is kneeling next to her, the Beyonder flies down, looking very mid-80s David Hasselhoff in a matching red jacket-slacks combination. Now, the Beyonder has been causing a mess in the Marvel Universe for the last six months, as he has tried to determine what it is to be a human. Currently, he is on a hero kick and wants to help and save people, kind of like in the story we told at the beginning of this episode. And
1: look, here is someone in trouble. The clerk is really shaken up and is having a bit of trouble dealing with this scarlet-suited stranger. But he does say that Maggie needs to get to the hospital. Luckily, the Beyonder has insane reality powers. So he materializes a platform beneath her and starts to fly her to the hospital. The clerk yells that she has kids and a husband that works at Columbia.
0: Okay, before we go any further, let's just deconstruct how bad the Beyonder is. This entity can do anything, but it is learning to be a human. In the past, he has shown that he can teleport, manipulate matter, and change humans' DNA. At present, he is pretending to be a superhero. So he swoops down and flies Maggie to the hospital. What he could have done is teleported her there, or snapped his fingers and fixed her as we have seen him do several times in his own series.
1: Or he could have stopped Curse from his murderous rampage down the center of New York.
0: He has had choices, which means that he doesn't care. Or he's showing off or more likely that he is dumb because he listened to someone say that she needed a hospital so he took her there as that is what a hero would do instead of healing her like a being of infinite power would do whatever the reasons once again we will say that the beyonder is the worst
1: meanwhile at is 44 home of the fighting whoa nelly we have ourselves a little problem here but what's the problem well I made a mistake back in episode 16. I called this school that Alex is going to the Anderson School, which is what these buildings are called now. This used to be JHS 44 O'Shea Middle School, which was closed in 2012 and changed into the Anderson School.
0: Hmm. Okay. Home of the fighting mistakes.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: And Alex and Julie are still fighting.
1: Hooray! (laughs) Alex tells Julie that since she is worried about being late, she should drop Katie off at school, as it is her turn anyway. Julie asks Alex if he is grumpy because Allison is standing with another boy. That might be her other boyfriend.
2: Don't worry. He's got nothing over you but looks and personality.
0: Wow. We just got done with the Katie Franklin insult fest. Now we get these two? It looks
1: like Jack and Katie are on Julie's side, and it looks like Julie's quips cuts Alex to the quick. If only there was something that could bring the kids back together. Like a family. You mean like the Beyonder swooping into the schoolyard to inform the kids that their mom is mortally wounded and in the hospital? Yeah, like that. Ah, wow. Now I feel like a heel. Blame the Beyonder. The kids recognize him from the prior night's adventure. The Beyonder now explains what has occurred and offers to transport the shocked kids on a platform he materializes. He'd installed a guardrail for safety. OSHA approved! And begins to take them on a magic carpet
0: ride well you don't know if she'll survive why don't you come with me power Childs, on a magic platform ride you don't know that he made curse maggie could end up in a hearse the beyonder is the worst
1: kind of like that well giving them a ride to the hospital is the least he could do after all it was his fault that curse was running amok and ruining lives he just does not admit to this
0: Way to go, hero. The only one taking any blame is Alex. He's begging Julie to say that it's his fault.
2: But Alex it's not. How can you even think it?
0: Good thing Alex responds with an insult. Don't be such a dingbat, Julie. You see, our young leader believes that his other activities, including being a hero and talking to girls, have led to this turn of events. If he had gotten his own poster board, then his mom wouldn't have been there to get hurt.
1: Soon enough, the Beyonder rolls the kids up to the hospital room. From the outside, about ten floors up. With a wave of his hands, he removes the window and creates a ramp for the kids to walk down. The surprised dad watches with open-mouth amazement as this occurs. And then,
0: in a better world, the Beyonder enters the room, snaps his fingers and heals Maggie's wounds, and the Power Kids go home with their happy parents. The end.
1: Sadly, this is not a better world, and this does not happen, because the Beyonder is a self-centered jerk. So, in this not-better world, he stays outside, replaces the window, and with a smile and a wave, flies away to do something else. And one of the kids ironically yells out, Thanks for bringing us! Thanks for everything! Yes, thanks for everything! Like releasing the being who injured our mother, not stopping it prior to the incident, and not healing our mother. Thanks, Hero. Thanks for everything. Moving on, the distressed family huddle together and look at their unconscious mother. Before their father can comfort them or give them any answers, Nurse Ratchet enters the room demanding to know how they snuck in. And you can bet she ain't buying any story about a man bringing them in through the window, so she kicks them out. Look, it's okay, Dad. Stay. We've got two feet. As the cantankerous caretaker escorts them out, she comforts these poor children by shaming them on their shenanigans when their mother is at death's door. Wait, did I say she comforts them? I meant that she behaves like a horrific monster to them.
0: We really just hate all the adults in here that do not have the last name of power.
1: As the kids leave, Alex continues his refrain that this is his fault and that he is going to do something about it, like finding and stopping curse.
0: Blame. Still stuck in that anger stage, huh, Alex?
1: Yeah, Julie points out that they should not use their powers for revenge. Who's talking about revenge? I
0: Shut up, bro. Listen, Julie, we've got to go after him.
1: What if he hurts somebody else? I don't care about anybody else. I just want to get that monster. REVENGE! And so out of the elevator, a costume and powered up Power Pack springs and... Revenging they will go. Revenging they will go. There goes the super team. Revenging they will go.
0: Not so fast.
2: Wait, I gotta power up. I disintegrated one of those ashtray things. People shouldn't smoke anyway.
1: Soon. The angry aerial adolescents are in the air when they spot Kofi waving to them on a roof. He teleports into the air next to Alex who grabs their alien cousin. Kofi has been watching TV, like a good alien, and has seen this monster attack. Apparently the TV report included their mother's name. Was he watching TV or following the live tweets? Hashtag smash. Um, too soon for Twitter, but I like your style. So it must just be a journalist who makes invasive choices on privacy.
0: And for the second time in this series, we have to question the ethics of the comic book land reporters. Be that as it may, Kofi, being the good good boy he is, headed out to join his adoptive family for some simple blood vengeance. REVENGE! Revenge! They quickly spot the rampaging reprobate raging round a construction site screaming
1: I have gone!
0: THOR, I CHALLENGE YOU! So, let's set the scene. We have a huge high-rise that is under construction. It is about a 12-story building that has nothing more than steel girders and floors. There's still some workers hanging out on the building because the view is very cool of the action below,
1: even though their bosses tried to call them down. Surrounding the site are New York's finest. They have decided that yelling HALT and shooting the Fiend is their best course of action. BLAM BLAM! So far, it is not helping.
0: Chris seems to be working his way through some kind of serious LSD trip. He's not realizing where he is or what he's doing. Actually, he kind of does know what he's doing. He believes that Thor should be here. And he
1: is not wrong. Thor should be here. What do you mean? This is a construction site, not a Viking battleground. At this time in Thor comics... Thor has a secret civilian identity by the name of Sigurd Jarlson, and he works at the construction site for this guy named Jerry Supristi. So Curse is tracking his enemy to the place where he has been spending a lot of his time, and explains why everyone is confused. Well, Alex is not confused. He has one thought in his mind as the kids see the monsters for the very first time.
2: REVENGE! That's what hurt our mom? Even the cops can't stop him!
1: As we stated above, Curse is in Crazy Town. With a capital K.
0: I see you spelled curse, crazy, and capital all with a K in the
1: notes. I am cool like that. No you're not, so stop it. Curse is yelling a bunch of stuff about being trapped in this accursed armor and how it is Thor's fault, and how this place reeks of his presence. Alex does not care. He directs
0: Katie to blast a hole in the ground behind the monster. <laughs> with a hole in place, Jack
1: deploys his go-to offensive trick. He insults Curse and calls him Dog Breath. As you will see... First half right, second half wrong. Watch the amazing, shrieking mass, Master Worthless. Ah! Jackhammered! Slam! And this is strange. As Curse is falling, he hallucinates himself out of his armor and has Thor falling with him in the pit.
0: Yeah, his mind is bent.
1: And his body is trapped as Alex slams a cop car on top of the hole.
0: Crash! Job well done! But as Alex and Julie stand on top of the car, the oldest power daughter has a question.
1: Do you think the car will hold him? Can, can he be dead? I hope so. You saw what he did to mom. He deserves to smash. Again, you seek to bury me in iron, ugly agony.
0: First, apparently that did not finish off this bad dude. Second, wow, Alex, you want some serious blood.
1: Nope, not just blood, but revenge. revenge! That's not getting old. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That smashed sound effect destroyed the car and flung Julie and Alex in opposite directions. Julie was caught by a teleporting Kofi.
1: Alex is not so lucky. He tumbles through the air, tail over tea kettle, until he meets the unforgiving eye beam of a structure being built. Clunk!
0: It looks like this is the end of Alex. Curse approaches him, looking to return the pain he was just given. But then, Curse hallucinates again. He sees a small boy, holding a drink and calling him brother. This causes him to pause, which gives Katie enough time to blast some of the girders above Curse.
2: Crash. Cling. Iron! Iron! Of
1: Spain! Crushes me! As I shall crush the life out of thee!
0: Alex is awake and ready to take on this fire-color-coded creep. Like a matador teasing a bull, our gravity-controlling hero leaps up, barely avoiding the charging curse.
2: Wham!
0: who takes a face full of iron girder. Alex grabs the villain's back, negates gravity, and pulls him up into the air.
2: You may be
1: mean and dangerous two-ton Tessie, but you degravitize as easy as anything else. And after adding a couple
0: of puns, Alex flip-throws the mystical monster through every floor in the building. Bummer. It didn't even phase him. Never fear. Lightspeed is here. She has been paying attention to Curse's screaming and has accessed her inner Wikipedia and came up with a thought. She tells Alex that from the book she has read, elves can be destroyed by iron.
1: Alex says this is dumb. I mean, does he look like an elf?
0: Well, he does not look like Orlando Bloom, but it could be Will Ferrell under that mask.
1: Still, Alex does like the idea of dropping the whole building of iron on him. To his credit, he calls her idea brilliant and orders Katie to power up. Katie is hesitant, especially as her and Kirsten stand looking at each other. But he's just standing there. Darn it, Energizer! That thing tried to kill our mom! Don't you care? Go on! Collapse the building! Bury it! Revenge! Revenge!
2: Shrack! Shracked! Shracked! Shracked!
1: And with four well-aimed powerballs on load-bearing girders, the building starts to collapse, all while Alex is cheering it on.
2: Hooray!
1: Hooray! With three construction workers still on the roof. Boo! Boo. Julie notices this and yells at her brother and Kofi to save the plunging people. But instead of gratitude, one of the men chides Alex about what he has done. Do you punks know what you've done? How long it'll take us to rebuild that thing? Again? Listen, mister. All that felt was concrete and steel. Do you know how many people this monster might have killed? If we hadn't stopped him, how many he may have already killed? Yeah, punk. The way you almost killed me. Don't you understand? He almost killed my
0: Julie grabs Alex and pulls him away with her hand over his mouth.
1: Why beat around the bush
0: like that, G? Why not just call a press conference and announce our secret identities to the world?
1: Later, as the team observes the damage from a nearby roof, they take stock of what has happened.
0: Jack admits that maybe Julie's dippy fantasy books are good for something after all, while Katie is crying. She's pretty upset. Probably not at Jack's comment, though.
2: I I know we had to, Alex, but I wrecked a whole building. All I do is wreck things. What if I killed him? He seems so confused.
1: Alex is kind of throwing every excuse to the wall to see what sticks. This includes that Curse is magic and can't die, and he was only going to hurt things. But Alex is also being a little introspective. He realizes that he was a lot like Curse, only focused on one thing. REVENGE! Revenge!
0: All he wanted to do was stop Curse. Alex realizes that he was using everyone, especially Katie, as a weapon. It may be little help, especially after the fact, but he states
1: that if anyone died, it would have been his fault, just like it was his fault that their mom was hurt. As they fly off, we have some deep irony, as they wonder what evil sorcerer has sent this monster attack Thor, followed up by Jack wishing that the Beyonder was there, and wishing he could be just like him. Oh, no. That would be horrible. Jack, with Beyonder powers, is like... Something. Not just something, but something bad. Something bad. Like, something descriptively bad bad.
0: Later, the pack is debriefing on their apartment roof, and Kofi has made a choice. Inspired by watching Curse be an unchanging beast, Kofi realizes that he has been acting similarly. He needs to give his father a chance. The kids agree and suggest he ask Friday to take him home.
1: The kids wave goodbye to Kofi and Friday, and they all help put dinner together. Later, their father is letting them know about their mother's condition while they eat. She is still unconscious, and has to remain in the hospital, possibly past Thanksgiving, and that he'll be spending a lot of time at the hospital.
0: That night, the four sad siblings sorrowfully sit in their sister's room. They're so miserable that Alex comments that they're just like the Morlocks, which gets Katie thinking. She starts making plans about Thanksgiving dinner.
2: How do you spell Wolverine?
1: Well, that can't be good. Next time! Whoa, there's Space Pony! We have a stinger scene on the next page. In the Avengers Mansion, Mr. Tattletail is having a dream. Curse is breaking out and attacking Power Pack, and they want to know why he is not helping them, like the guy from Beyond did.
0: And Franklin can only weakly scream that the Beyonder did not help. He made Curse, and they and Thor should
1: run. You know what? I don't think that that dream is prophetic at all. No sir, I do not think that there is any foreshadowing at all. In fact, Next issue will be Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and it won't be Curse. You are correct, but I want to bring us back to Secret Wars issue number six. No, oh, why would you do that?
0: Well, you see, sometime after this issue of Power Pack, Curse escapes and attacks Beta Ray Bill, confusing him with Thor. In Secret Wars number six, the Beyonder notices this on one of his panels and determines that Curse will probably kill Bill. Who's going to play the Bride? The Beyonder admits that he should save Bill since he was the one who reanimated Curse as ENTERTAINMENT, but he can't decide what to do. Then he gets distracted by a visit from Captain America and Mr. Fantastic, and forgets about the whole situation.
1: So for the last time on this episode, The Beyonder is the worst.
0: Finally, before we tackle the best Thanksgiving ever in the next Power Pack issue, we have to check out Thor 363, This Cursed Earth. This will be the conclusion of the cursed storyline, and it will feature Power Pack and the two Thors. Two Thors. Not just one, but two. I bet one's a horsey Thor.
1: Power Pack packaging time!
0: What's this issue wrapped in?
1: Art! (laughs) What does it look like? Walt Simonson!
0: (laughs) Is it a Walt Simonson cover? Yes, it is. Oh, hey. Check that
1: out. You realize that? That's a Walt Simonson, maybe. I did not know that. Right there. Yes, yes, yes. Walt Simonson uh, was kind enough to do this art, considering it kind of is his character of Curse. So we got Walt Simonson doing this cover, and we have all four power kids making an appearance. They are in an action fight pose against Curse. So you have Curse taking up the majority of the cover. He's he, looming. He's looming. You have Alex, who is being cradled under one arm, kind of like a football. Yep, some a football, <laughs> it's football That's carry. what I was going to describe it as. And Curse's own hand is out too. Uh, you have a tiny jack kind of like doing a, he must have missed his jackhammer on this shot. <laughs> you have Julie and Katie kind of over on from one side. It looks like Julie is catching Katie as she's firing off a powerball and they're avoiding Curse's hand. So, uh, it's an action shot. Well, this doesn't quite happen like this, this is a very good representation of what's going on in this issue. It's power pack versus Curse. And that's all you need to know. Oh, yeah. And another also, great thing.
0: Yeah. At the base of the cover is a bunch of steel girders, which represents the destroyed construction
1: site. Yeah, it's very nice. Also, we have to make mention up in the far right hand corner <laughs> is a nice little triangle that lets us know that this is a Secret Wars 2 continues in this episode. Yeah, that's important. That's what's going to bring the uh, bring the kids to it. You better believe it. Yeah. I like this. I like that Walt Simonson did this. I like that uh, it's a nice tie-in to the next issue we are going to cover. Mm -hmm. And now, so this is the first official
0: Brent Anderson taking over the run uh, comic, right?
1: I don't... Well, Brent Anderson's kind of been a fill-in artist, so he's been here a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of the official, June Brigman is not the regular ongoing artist yeah. on this. I got to. I don't remember how much of the next few issues is going to be him. I think the Thanksgiving one is illustrated by Brent Anderson, but I can't be sure. I, I haven't okay. looked at that. So we'll we'll keep tracking that. I'll maybe do a little more research and put that in next time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But for now, let's <laughs> get on to our random themes, because I want to curse you. No! Algrim <laughs> the Strong <laughs> unstoppable insane monster trying to kill Thor and gets waylaid into power pack mm-hmm. hooray yeah He
0: just smacks stuff. He kicks over cars. He smacks Maggie. It just literally, he's like the juggernaut on Not a Fun Rampage. He's like a slow-moving, just scream. He's just a drunk biker, basically, (laughs) just smashing stuff as he's going along.
1: Yeah, he's he's just a monster that's coming here to destroy things that's got some weird issues going on. Mm -hmm. This is really interesting, though, because Algrim the Strong was originally introduced in Thor. And there was an issue where Thor, like I said, Thor killed him. They went into this lava bed together and Thor escaped and Algrim the Strong was seemed to be deceased. And then Jim Shooter brought him back in an earlier issue of Secret Wars with the simple task of going and killing Thor. So he set this off. I don't know how much he set this up with the Simonsons, Louise and Walt Simonson. I think that they got along really well with him. I think he probably told them that this was coming. And I have to guess that they both worked pretty hard to incorporate Curse into their storylines because both in this issue and in Thor, it's a very consequential issue that curses here, that the Beyonder was partly responsible for, you know, sending Curse off. It's more than a lot of the other tie-ins with Secret Wars. So, I... I know that we talked about this a lot when I was guest star on the Secret Wars show but I think this is one of the better tie-ins to the Secret Wars 2 miniseries this has ongoing effects Maggie Power being injured does things in this comic book Yeah, and and they use this ongoing in the future
0: and it's not just one of those overnight it's not a on this very special episode maybe Maggie will die no wait she's fine now you know it's like in any number of shows where you have the oh this is the exciting heart-wrenching doctor scene kind of thing where it's just Mm. like oh it's the medical this episode what did we do well we put a bandage on him and said well I'll give him some orange juice he'll be right. fine looking at you season two of iron fist
1: <laughs> we already see some of the changes going on because we see alex deal with this badly yeah it's, well, understandably though too he believes this is his fault and well kind of is he put his mom in the place where curse happened to be going still
0: but... random lottery on that it's yeah. not like you know it could have been she was going out for coffee it could have been anything it right. could have been her just not walking their dog because they don't have one and getting
1: smacked yeah right. it could have been anything could have been anything it just so happens that he that she was doing the one thing that alex asked her to do because he was too busy being a teenage boy yeah, yeah. a superhero teenage boy yeah. well his it wasn't an unreasonable request on no, his party no no it's like hey, hey mom could you go to the
0: store and pick this up for me you bet i go sure. there all the time anyway it yeah. wasn't even a spe- it was vaguely a special trip because it's like she's even talking to the art clerk he's talking to her and it's like hey don't you normally work on canvas yeah where it's like yeah i see you in a lot we have conversations sure. i know what you buy yeah this is something out of the ordinary
1: right but at the same time i mean the only thing the only thing she bought was the foam phone board, board yeah. so yeah as far as stages of grief go i think we've missed a couple steps with alex jumps right over denial goes right into anger which i thought was kind of funny um <laughs> but his attitude is a big part of the story we can't we cannot overlook it at all i mean
0: i'm sorry i'm thinking of a uh, a good place reference which was the only emotions humans need is confusion and anger
1: <laughs> fair enough yeah <laughs> Seriously, though, dealing with grief and trauma, when reviewing this on The Secret Wars and Beyond, Sean mentioned that he read this book around the time that one of his family members was badly injured, and it became comforting to see other children dealing with real-life anxiety, (laughs) which is a good point, because, once again, it's one of the reasons we like this book. It's the kids dealing with things. Yes, they're superheroes, but at the same time, hey our mother was hurt.
0: Yeah, they're dealing with stuff in reality. They're right. dealing with it's not always the scroll invasion or the Snarks have attacked. Okay, the Snarks attacked. But it is a lot of just the things that you and me go through. You know, it's like the, oh, yeah, this has happened where it's girls are scary or I'm going to go to a new school. Will I have any friends? My family member got hurt in an insert type of accident. Right. Yeah, These are realistic, believable things.
1: And as John pointed out, for him, reading the book was comforting because it was good for him to see that there were kids that were dealing something he was going through Mm -hmm. so once again it's not only just comic books comic books are a great medium for this because not only do you have the words but you've also got a little bit of visual and it's not just you know mindless entertainment you know you're actually doing something you know being active with the story Mm -hmm. with this with certain books there are some certain you know television or or movies that deal with this kind of thing where it shows, hey, look here's somebody that looks like you resembles you in some way, here's what they're going through and even with all their powers they still can't just magically save their mother. Yeah, they can't fix it. They still have to go through the same levels of grief, Mm -hmm. of depression, of sadness, of helplessness that everybody else does too. So bravo to the book for putting it out there and not sugarcoating it too much. Let's talk about property values. (laughs) (laughs) I just I, I I wrote this down. I don't know if we're going to talk too much about it, but I just thought you know property values and the destructive nature of superheroes. Discuss. They have insurance. <laughs> it's called damage control. Damage control. Oh, in the series.
0: Yeah, it's funded by the government, I believe.
1: This is not the first time this has happened in this construction site. This has also happened another time in Thor. That's why. Yeah, Jerry, this guy. This way, Jerry. Him. He's yeah. like, yeah, this happens a lot. Yeah, yeah you, you, know, know, you know how long I'm, it's going to take to rebuild this? Again? Oh my god, again, Jerry. It's nobody's fault but your own. Next time do a better background check. Don't hire hulking blonde haired dudes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't care if they can lift up one IBM beam by themselves, that's a hint.
0: Okay. Oh, so I haven't read the I haven't read the Thor run of yet. Yeah. Or if I have, it's been so long I've forgotten. So is him being uh yep, you know, this guy yeah. is he actually Thor?
1: Yeah, he's got his hair pulled back into oh, a, he pulled it in a, a pony. ponytail. Okay.
0: And he's probably wearing like Sunglasses. a sleeveless flannel. Yeah. I'm going to guess or something like that. Something like that, yeah. So it's all... A- he's And he carries a duffel bag with him. Always. Oh, it's his bug out bag. No, it's... <laughs> you will it. Of course it does. <laughs> I know that. Um, <laughs> you know what would be even better is just a big hammer shaped lunchbox. <laughs> that would be wonderful. That's what I want to see him carry around <laughs> instead of a duffel bag.
1: Um, my last thing I just want to say is this. Uh, welcome to the team, Kofi. Hey, goodbye, Kofi. All right, moving on. (laughs) Let's break out. (laughs) And here once again is, uh,
0: hey, Friday's back. Could you leave, and not just leave like the town? Could you leave the planet again? But
1: power pack.
0: (laughs) Goodbye, Friday our team member super important
1: friday to be fair this is setting up other things it is setting up other stuff but it's but, always funny yeah, how they. Like, yeah but i also see it
0: cousin with, bye, bye. <laughs> well i understand he's got his own storyline to go do which is cool and friday is a means of transportation sure. i get that but it is always just funny to me where yeah, you know, i understand it because it's kind of like we don't always need a spaceship
1: and yet we've got a spaceship i and would yet, use this i would
0: totally use that it'd be like
1: okay mom dad we're going to the park
0: and by the park i mean the moon yeah, you because know, they could do that. They could totally go to other
1: planets, and they could go see the moon, and they could go... Alex Power, your, your book report on Egypt is really detailed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you've been there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Let's go ahead and take Friday and go to the library and check out a book. Okay. Because I've got something very specific that we talked about in this, and this is talking about what Julie brought up with Iron and Elves. Julie mentions that from her reading and from what she remembers of her books, cold iron can hurt fairies and hurt elves. Where did this come from? Well, this comes very specifically from Rudyard Kipling's poem, Cold Iron, found in a 1910 collection of stories, Rewards and Fairies. And this used the term poetically to mean weapon. Rewards and Fairies is a collection of a whole bunch of short stories. But the first one that kind of is bookended by the Cold Iron poem is a story about Puck, and two kids named Una and Dan, and they're kind of performing a scene from A Midsummer's Night's Dream. They accidentally summon Puck into a fairy ring near their Sussex home. And as the story of Cold Iron goes, as told by Puck, a smith has fashioned something out of Cold Iron and has thrown it. Well, this smith was none other than the mighty Thor. And the reason he did it was because, well, of course, it was Thor's day. So, <laughs> take that. Um, much, later, much later, Puck was overseeing an interaction that occurred with the child of Sir Huan and Lady Esclarmond. They came upon this object that Thor had thrown, and because Puck was not watching the child, because that he had offended these two and they had sent him away, the child went over, picked up this piece of iron, and whatever piece of cold iron that an elf would pick up, that would become their future. So he went through and said, well, I watched as this child picked up this thing that Thor had thrown down, and it wasn't anything important, anything more than a slave ring, and the slave ring went around the child's neck, and the child became enslaved to man, Hmm. and was taken away from the fairies. So between this and the Cold Iron poem, that's where Walt Simonson came up with this mythos that cold iron could actually harm or hurt fairies or elves. And that's what he used as a basis of the story. As I was reading the story, I found it some interesting parallels. The obvious cold iron is the bane of fairies and curse. I mean, that's really obvious that there's the connection to Thor, which I thought was kind of cool as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And also curse being enslaved and manipulated by the beyonder is very similar to what happened to this child, yeah. this fairy child. So I found it very, very interesting and it's was really kind of cool to read up some mm. Rudyard Kipling. Really, really, really neat. Yeah. But, In my readings, I didn't find anything about science, so I'm just having to leave that to you.
0: Okay, I didn't find anything about it either. But you know who did?
1: (laughs) Who did? Two
0: people in the letters page. So, I'm going to take it easy this week, and uh, I'm just going to read some stuff from the letters page. Because it actually does pertain. In one of the letters from Sean uh, from Tampa, Florida, he says, Dear Power People... Can Jack go cloudy in just one part of his body, like his arm? Which is a great question. And Carl Potts' response to this is, Not yet, Sean, but with proper training he might be able to. And where will he get that training? How does the chameleon homeworld sound? If the kids make it through the upcoming snark wars, that is. Dun, dun, dun! So that's cool. So that answers a uh, Jack Cloud question. Yes, it does. Can he become like a cloud tar? You know, a Cumulatar? Sencumulus, I think is what I call it.
1: Sencumulus. So
0: it is a possibility that he can power feed out to being able to have a solid, you know, like a hand to open a window or something while he's a cloud. So that's cool. And then uh, finally, the second uh, letter that we have that pertains to uh, science in this is from Graham Statford and Albert Ma, who are two engineering students from Canada. And they write... Dear Luis, Since Julie has surpassed the speed of sound, she must be protected in some way. This not only involves physically protecting her from the effects of 700 plus mile per hour winds, but also allowing her to breathe at such high speeds. Not only that, but her characteristic trail must be explained as well. Her ability to breathe and not be heard appears to be due to a thin layer of still air which she can project around herself and whoever she's carrying. The rainbow effect I can only attribute to interference, like light on soap film. A possibility is that somehow she flies by ionizing the air, and the rainbow effect is an energy field unconsciously projected to protect people from these possibly harmful ions. In that case, it might even be solid, as long as it lasts, which doesn't appear to be too long. And Carl uh, Potts has a really good scientific uh, response to these uh, two engineering students from Canada, which is interesting, very interesting. Nice meeting you guys at Ithicon, Graham and Albert. Thanks for taking the time to write. <laughs>
1: Yeah. which i thought was a great response from carl it was the equivalent of looking at the screen going blink 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 hi aquaman yeah. so
0: there you go we got a we got a jack question we have a julie question and we have answers to both i can't is...
1: possibly ask for anything more except for the fact you were sick
0: yeah uh i just i tried and i'm just like uh. It took literally most of the free time that I had was just spent feeling horrible. And And then since the family was sick too, taking care of them and a sick baby. You have no idea how much snot I wiped up this week. Not mine. To be coated in snot that isn't yours is terrible and a true sign of being a parent. Next time I want a
1: scientific measurement of how much snot it was. A ton load. A a snootful. Multiple snootfuls. But yeah, so I was... Okay, fine. Then do this. Next time, just give me a picture so I can put it on the family refrigerator.
0: (laughs) What a gross and terrible tie-in.
1: What is your best, second best, or funniest piece of artwork? Okay.
0: Well, as standard for my art, And pretty much everything, because I think everything's funny. Mm. I have a joke one. And that is on page 18. Page 18. Yep, and it's the upper right-hand corner, and I call it, Give Me Your Lunch Money, Old Man! And it is a picture of uh, Alex holding the construction worker that he had just saved from the mysteriously collapsing building. And the guy looks scared. And Alex looks like a rage monster with uh, like rage energy emanating off of his body. Yeah, And he's grabbing the guy by the back of his coat and got it all balled up. And it looks like he wants his lunch money.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's bullying an adult Yeah, either, e- either that or... Where do you think you're going?
0: Yeah, it's very much along those lines. So my joke one is it looks like Alex is shaking down a guy.
1: My funny one. Is, oh, you got a joke too. Yes, yeah, so of course I do. All the way back on page nine. Take a look at page nine. Let's go to nine. Bottom center. Mm-hmm. Here you go. This is what it's called. <laughs> I think I might have a guess what you're gonna say. Alex, please point out the jerk. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a picture of Alex pointing out the window at to the Beyonder, who's just standing there. The Beyonder's got his hand going, "Hi, <laughs> ta-da!" Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's the
0: it's uh, after uh, the Beyonder has dropped him off to the hospital, <laughs> yep. and he's all,
1: "Well, toodles, toodles, I'm Audi." <laughs> all right, what is your number one? Oh, I got a backup. Oh, your backups. Yeah, we your backup. both have backups. Your backup. I meant to say
0: that. Mm-hmm. It is on page six. And we have I'm the same guess. one. Oh, you got that as a backup too? That same one, I think. Okay, I called my... It is on the very bottom of page six, and I called it wrecked.
1: I, I kind of did that one and the, and the one above.
0: Okay, yeah. We <laughs>
1: got... They're both are right there. I mean, yeah. 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 The the one above, it's the one where she actually gets hit. Yeah. I said that that one's, that ain't Thor.
0: That's, yep, there yeah. you go.
1: Curse giving the backhand to Maggie and her flying through the window and then her lying on the ground.
0: Oh, it is harsh. It it's, is. It is, has a lot of power going for it. Yes. And I don't just mean in from the smack. I just mean in the, the imagery of it because this is a human. Yep. This is a kid's, you know, these kids' mom who just got smacked by a, basically a mutating living suit of armor. And... And... Who's designed to kill Thor. So a person that just happens to be in the way. Yeah, it is rough. That yeah. d- that does not look like, oh, hey, that's fun. She's going to get up and dust herself off and give a quip. No, that is, she's wrecked. She's Pe- done.
1: People don't bend that way.
0: Yeah. And uh, then just laying there. And she's got glass shards embedded in her back and yeah. everything. It's just, oh, uh, it is. Yeah. that uh, You look at that and you kind of stop and you stare at it for a while and you go, wow okay i didn't see this coming
1: no no this is this is the this is the rough one and and like i said there's consequences to this yeah there's consequences that move forward because of this picture because of this action Mm -hmm. so you see what's going on here what do you got for number one my number one is on page three page three all right
0: and it is in the uh, center left hand panel and i call it dead eye and it is a picture of, um, it's a close-up on Franklin's face. It basically just shows one eye and his nose and part of his lips. Inside of the, you know, like reflected in the eye is the image of a skull. And that's why I call it dead eye. And I just, I'm like, the power of that is just amazing to me. Because it is very much, Franklin has just had his dreams about a Curse and Power Pack and everything that's going on. And so he wakes up and sees it and he's just, he's looking at death.
1: I am not going to lie, I completely missed that. Mm. Good catch. Yeah, I so. would even say good eye. <laughs> no, yeah. good one. I, I missed that, and that is, yeah, that's a powerful one. That mm-hmm. is definitely a powerful one. I'm going to go ahead and go with page 14. Four- I'm going to say that I had a hard time choosing my best one because there were some amazing action set pieces.
0: I bounced around a bunch of different ones trying to figure out what I want.
1: There, there are some great ones. There's Alex throwing a curse through all of the levels of the building
0: i really like katie doing the four power balls into the right uh, into the uh and, and, structure. and
1: everything falling down yeah. on curse there's something just amazing about this it's right after alex and julie are standing on the cop car that oh, alex okay. has put over the top of the hole that curse is in and curse smashes up through the cop car tossing alex and julie in both directions and it is just a bunch of damage occurring all action orientated and curse just no, it's a good
0: one. Uh, I'll be honest, that almost was my joke one.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. there's a bit was, of a joke yeah, element to it. Because I was going to call it like morning stretch. There, there can be a bit to, more, to that element to it as well, but it's... Oh, it's good. It's smashy. Yeah, again, there's, there's a bunch of good art in it. All right, uh, let's talk about some uh, rubber and glue moments. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some more funny stuff. Let's talk about some... Good, good insults. Okay. Well, let's start with my backup. All righty. And that is on
0: page nine. You know, it, it, the Beyonder has picked them up and is taken them to the hospital. And Alex is all going, oh, it's my fault. Go ahead and Julie say it. It's my fault. And she's like, no, how could you even think that? That's not your fault. And Alex responds with...
1: Don't be such a dingbat, Julie.
0: That's right, dingbat. Dingbat. Yep, dingbat's a good one. So.
1: Dingbat's a good one. That's my like, backup. You know what though? I got something better though. Oh, I, I got Okay, I believe. I got it. something better. My backup one is on page twenty-one. This one I almost missed. So in this one, uh, the kids are all on the beds, looking very depressed about their mom being in the hospital, and they're kind of, you know, doing some gentle sniping back and forth. When all of a sudden, Katie gets herself an idea, and she starts saying, "Hey." Maybe I got myself an idea. Well, Jack responds with, "The strain was too much. Her tiny flea mind is finally snapped. What are you babbling about, Katie? Flea mind. Yep. Thank you, Jack, for once yep. again bringing in the animal kingdom <laughs> to the
0: to the insults. Yeah, it's always animal something. It's animal <laughs> mind, animal breath. <laughs> Oh, you know, he also, there was a a thing in here where he calls, uh, you know, what he was jackhammering curse and he calls him worthless.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What do you got for number one,
0: man? My number one, page eight. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm going to guess that we probably do have the same one. Is it in the upper right-hand corner? And is it Julie saying something? (laughs) Yes, it is. And do you want to say what she says?
1: We'll get my wife to say it, but it's something like...
2: Don't worry. He's got nothing over you but looks and personality
1: oh it is so great and the image of
0: alex in there is just oh he's just gotten the cold ice cube on the back in the morning because he's like zing in z formation yeah he got yeah
1: he got served yeah big time (laughs) all right speaking about who gets served Mm mm-hmm who is who gets the star, who gets the detention, who's the best and who's the worst? Okay, well let's talk about the worst. Probably going to be on the same page. Alex? Alex. Alex. Yeah. yeah.
0: What well, let's do it again. Revenge. Revenge! It was all about revenge. It was also all about like, he's ragging on Julia Bunch and just continually telling her how better uh, Allison is than her. Yeah. And then he forgets his homework and he's like, hey, go home and go get it. And she's like, no, I'm going to be late. Because these kids perpetually go to school with zero seconds on the timer
1: to well, get there. They're up all night saving the world. What do you expect from a man? Yeah, I know.
0: But it was still just like, go, you know, go back and grab my homework. And she's like, no, then no. I'll be late. And he's like, you can fly
1: at the speed of sound. Go get my schoolwork little girl sure he learned something at the end great yeah that was after he was horrible the entire time basically and so i'm not giving him any credit Mm -hmm. so alex go sit in the corner
0: yeah you get your bad detention time
1: let's talk about who gets the star
0: okay as just he's not getting my star but he was my hero okay in this (laughs) uh issue was jack and that was simply due to uh, him trying to like, like, just go, yeah, we can go after Curse. We can go stomp the heck out of him. <laughs> revenge! Revenge. And he's just like, whoa, who's talking about revenge? We need to go be heroes. This guy could totally do something other people. And if we happen to drop a building on him, I mean, who's to say that could happen? So Jack was totally my hero in that <laughs> stage, but not enough for him to be the best kid. Who's the best kid? Kofi.
1: Okay. If we're, Inter- ca- if we're, because we're, ca- yeah, we're counting Kofi, we're counting
0: Kofi, and we're counting Franklin now. Yeah. So in my opinion, Kofi was the best kid
1: because Kofi brought the homework, brought the homework, came up to help them when he saw the uh, TV show, revenge, uh, yep. helped save people on the building as they were yep. falling, and came to his own moral decision that he should go back and actually talk to his dad. Yes, that is completely fair. Mm-hmm. I can, I can see the road you are laying down, mm-hmm. my friend. I'm going to go with Julie. Yeah. But I completely go yeah. with yours. I completely go with yours. It was just. It, 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 Kofi was so much like. It's a good Secondary
0: choice. background. Just kind of like, oh, and he's there and stuff's no, going no, on. You, but it was just like, everything he's doing is morally
1: weighted. You make that a compelling. That's amazing. So I was just like. You make a compelling argument, yeah. though. You, you do. I, okay, I, but why Julie? I went with Julie because. I did like her sniping with Alex. <laughs> I can excuse her sniping and not Alex's because they're all tired. Yeah. We get that. Oh, but yeah. But she's making the right choice, the right points. She's like, hey, you made choices. You made bad choices. You're picking on me. I'm giving it back to yeah. you. She's giving it back pretty hard, and she's also the one like you know. No, I'm not going to keep blaming you, Alex. I'm not going to blame you that this is your fault. Our mom's hurt. Yeah. Let's just go be with her. She was the one who came up with the. He says he's an elf. He's yelling that this iron mm-hmm. hurts him. From my knowledge of reading, yeah, no, which is good. I- I'm going to use my fantasy reading to deal with this fantasy monster, and mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I'm right. Yeah, so. And, and she never bragged about it either. No, she, no, just said, she was great. She
0: was Julie. Yeah. It wasn't going to be Jack, even though he was my hero. Nope. Uh, if it wasn't going to be Kofi, it would have been Julie.
1: For yeah, me. Uh, Katie. Katie was a weapon. Katie is. Katie a was
0: we- used. She even talks about that at the end, where she's just like, "I know we had to do this, but yeah, I destroyed a building. All I do is break things." She's right. realizing she's Hawkeye, man. She's you know a living weapon. <laughs> she's my life is a
1: weapon. <laughs> And on that, on that bombshell show, for all of our fans of Top Gear, G-Force, we
0: have zero, which you can find, zero Gs, which you can find in space where Kofi is now because he left the planet with Friday. Uh, that gives us a continually dropping G average of 1.5. And the G total is uh, 27, which is two and a half times airplane. And you know, the one and a half is, again, a uh, Bugatti race car going from zero to 100 kilometers in four seconds. A lot of zero Gs. People say G a lot, but it isn't been Alex really all that often which Mm -hmm. is really weird because that was his thing (laughs) but then i guess he's getting it out of his system by just listening to other people say his name
1: possibly yep who can tell what goes on in his little mind (laughs) stay in the corner alex top grades we want to evaluate each issue against the rest of the series and we have got one through 18 number one is still Power Pack number four, Rescue, and number 18 is Power Pack number six, Secrets. So we have got here a brand new story arc. Yeah. So nothing really to put it up against. Uh, This is a mandated tie-in with Secret Wars, something to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. How are we feeling about this one? Are we thinking top or are we thinking bottom? I don't know heavy things happened, Mm -hmm. but also, eh. Do you you know what I mean? It's got a lot of action. It's got a lot of, um, there's a a good complete story that's in here. It's true. Um, It's moving, it's setting some pieces for a lot of stuff that's coming up in the the future. future. I think I get what you're saying. At the end, it's kind of like, whew, there's just a lot that went on. Didn't really like Alex in this one because he yeah. was just over revenge, but good character piece. It was. I think I would say somewhere in the middle. So we've got middle middle sounds right to me. Yeah, I'm, so we've I'm got kind of
0: looking at her list and going, how was it compared to this? And how is it compared to that? So and then I'm trying to remember what some of these issues
1: are. <laughs> that's what we're gonna do. So right in the middle we got Fishtail. Mm-hmm. which is the first one of the Snake uh, Eyes, snake eyes yep. hunt, which is a good issue. Mm-hmm. So I guess we need to say, is is this better than, than the Snake Eyes hunt? Hmm. Hmm. Which is interesting because that is another Brent Anderson issue. Yeah, that is. That is some of his art. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I think it is uh, not as good as Fishtail and Sea Hunt. Okay,
1: um, is it better than Homecoming? I think I think actually this would be a little bit better than Homecoming. Yeah. Homecom- Homecoming yeah. is the one where they, they yeah, it's with Carmody and we did a lot of right. the link jokes. Yeah. yeah, the link jokes on that one. Um, I think this is a little bit better than Homecoming. Yeah, um, I think it's got a bit more of the character elements. Although mm-hmm. I still I still say that that's a really good. Actually, this this fits in a comparable place because Homecoming is really a good julie centric episode yeah. about her feelings and mm-hmm. stuff this is kind of our feelings area yeah. here <laughs> yeah it is so no I, I like this i like this one down there in between number 10 and 11 so this is gonna yeah. be the new number 11 spot there you go up uh uprooting homecoming which All is right.
0: yep issue number sounds five. good
1: so yeah i'm good with that okay now for the hard part of the evening my friend uh it's not gonna be too hard Whew. well it's been hard because yeah. this is a uh, this beer it's hard. This beer. I was right, though. It is... <laughs> I just took a sip and I
0: almost had to belie myself. Uh, it is slightly better when it's a bit warmer.
1: Yes. This uh, Warning to anybody who wants to try this. Um, this is definitely a much better beer uh, the warmer it gets.
0: Yeah. It is a, definitely like a room temperature, slightly yes. chilled beer. Yes. It doesn't need to be ice cold.
1: I would definitely say room temperature above. Room temperature so, above would yeah. be good.
0: Yeah. Drink it like Scott's would. Drink it, drink it warm.
1: Yeah. This is a sipper.
0: Yeah. I have not been chugging it down. I have Ooh. knocked down mine faster than yours, but at the same time, yeah. It's... Yeah,
1: at the same time, you live here, I've got to drive home Yeah, tonight.
0: there's a little <laughs> bit of that, too. But yeah, it's very much of the, uh, I've been taking a sip, you know, like Rick will be talking, I take kind of a sip of mine, and I set it down, and then when it's my turn to talk, I kind of have to go, hold on a second, and I kind of have to, like, fight the beer out of my throat <laughs> and off my tongue. So,
1: yeah, it's it's just very thin thick.
0: thick. It, it, okay, it is thick. It's like viscous. Yes. It's like, you know, it, obviously it's beer fluid, but it, it coats everything. Where you're like, wow, that is a layer. That is a film that appears on my tongue in the back of my throat that you gotta work through. Yeah. It's not terrible. No. But it is not what I would go to No. really ever again. No. I would drink it. If somebody was like, here you go, have a uh, have a Kaboom, kaboom Splash Arg, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I've had that before. And they're like, what'd you think? And I'll be like, yeah, I'll drink it. But I would not go out of my way to go get this again. No, no, no. no.
1: I'm going to say this is about a two. Okay. Um, and I feel bad about that because yeah. th- there's some good that's in here, but at the same time, if I have to have, if it's a chore for me to drink a beer, mm-hmm. I have to take that into account. It,
0: Yeah, there really is that. Let's sip it again.
1: i go a two five. Yeah. Yeah. So two power balls for me, two and a half, and and yeah. we like our imperial stouts, oh. but mm. well I, again, I,
0: mm. imperials for me are really hit or miss because I've had most of them really tend to go into that kind of whiskey barrel thing where I'm yeah. like that's too much. This really hits into past the whiskey barrel and just goes into like medicinal alcohol. Yes, so that's the problem with it. Uh, I've had some imperial stouts where it's like oh it's an imperial stout, how delightful. <laughs> Uh, this does not go into the delightful range. So yeah, two and a half. I would drink it again. Uh, I, I would be like, yeah, all right. Yeah, if I. I wouldn't be to. super excited. I wouldn't be super excited about it, but I would drink it again. Yeah.
1: I'm gonna go talk to my daughter about uh, this issue and see what she thought of Curse. We'll be right back. Hello, Carrie. <laughs> Hello, Daddy. How are you doing today? Good. Fantastic. We have a new issue of Power Pack.
2: Yeah, we do.
1: All right, let's talk about it a bit. Can you tell me your first impressions of this issue?
2: The first part was kind of interesting.
1: So tell me about the first part of the book. What did it deal with?
2: Their mom getting hurt.
1: What were your feelings about that?
2: Scared.
1: Why were you scared?
2: Because she got hurt.
1: Okay. What about the next part of the book? What What did that deal with?
2: They um, set out to fight that monster, Curse.
1: And why did they want to fight him?
2: Because he hurt their mom, and he okay. could also hurt some more people.
1: Who was really pushing Power Pack to go and fight Curse? Alex. Yeah. Tell me about Alex this issue.
2: Well, he just cared about his mom, about he- her getting hit. Hurt? That just didn't make any sense, because other people could get hurt, but he didn't care about that.
1: Well, yeah, he does care more about his mom than other people. That that does make sense. I mean, you care about the people that you know. Doesn't mean he doesn't care about other people, but he just yeah. really cares about his mother, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the book in, in uh, total? Did you like it? Did you was it a little too scary was kind
2: it... of interesting, you know, that's how I would describe it.
1: You describe everything as interesting, so you're gonna have to explain that a little bit more. Why was it interesting?
2: Can we mention the bar with Franklin? Sure. There's a skeleton where he that he sees?
1: Ah, so you noticed something that Jeff noticed as well. That when he woke up there's a little skeleton in his yeah. eye. Yeah, you noticed that too, didn't you?
2: I wonder who he is.
1: I think that the skeleton is just a representation that Franklin might have seen something or dreamt that somebody is going to get hurt or mm-hmm. is going to die.
2: Oh, so it's like a symbol?
1: Yeah, but it was a good job that you noticed that. I like that. What were your favorite parts of this book?
2: Well, when he remembered those elves.
1: Oh, when you mean when Julie remembered the elves?
2: No, that one guy.
1: When Curse remembered? Yeah. The- oh, so you really like the part where Curse was hallucinating that he was remembering parts of his past? Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Why did you like those parts?
2: Because it it felt, like, mysterious.
1: Okay, I can see that. What did you think of the artwork in the book? What do you think of this cover?
2: The scene doesn't really exactly happen. It's good. What
1: do you think of Curse as a bad guy? Do you think he's really powerful and really scary?
2: No, I think he's kind of... He's really mysterious. His lives are, like, full of mysterious things, you know?
1: Do you think maybe it's a little sad?
2: Yeah, sad life.
1: Well, yeah, because the Beyonder is forcing him to do this, isn't it? Yeah. And that's a little sad, isn't it? Mhm. You don't want to be forced to do something you don't want to do. Mm. You know, kind of like when your mom and dad force you to clean your room or do your homework. You don't like that, do you?
2: I like doing my homework. It makes and um, I like that one part where you had to like wait. Don't we just get off track?
1: Well, no. I'm I'm actually surprised that you say you like your homework because I see. I kind of be...
2: like those um those square parts of that homework.
1: That well, homework. I'm amazed that you say that because it seems to me like I'm always forcing you to do your homework.
2: Okay.
1: Yes, I am.
2: Yeah. Great. <laughs> right.
1: All right, back to this then. All in all, you like this book though. Yeah. Are you ready for the next book? The next book is going to be a Thor comic book where Power Pack and Thor fight curse. Oh. That's all I've got for you unless you have anything else you want to mention. Nope. Thank you very much, Carrie.
2: You're welcome. And we're
1: back. Yes, we are. Shout out. What do we do here? We shout out. Okay,
0: cool. <laughs> I can do that. We like I can to do that with my like my daughter does, which is simply ah!
1: We like to recognize those listeners that take the time to write in or leave us a review. So, our Twitter thanks. Reluctantly back to Mal. Tim Price, Alexander, Warlock
0: Thanos Podcast, Let's Talk Power Pack, Cash Flag, Jeremy Daw, Radioactive Dog Welder, Fractal, Secret Wars, and Beyond. Cool Down Now's Husband is back. Coffee
1: and Comics, Craig McNichol. Limax 7. And Craig McDinkle wants to see a team-up of Hildy, who is Volsteg's daughter, and Katie. He ain't the only one. Oh, that would be
0: amazing.
1: I would love to see that. On Facebook, thanks... Chuck Gears, Hoover Jeremiah, Scott Sutton, Al Sedano, Keith Baker, Jeff Polier, Thomas Foddy.
0: Kyle Sinelli wanted to point out that this was his first Power Pack book, and it made an impression on him. This
1: was also his introduction to The Warriors 3. And Patreon updates and thanks. We want to give some special thanks to our Patreons by highlighting their contributions. Dougal, thank you. Delightfully diligent and dangerous Dougal. Matthew L., thank you. Many massive muscled Matthew.
0: Brian, thank you.
1: Best bananas to beefy Brian.
0: Bananas to beefy Brian?
1: That may have been written in the middle of the night.
0: Recognition. A good chunk of our information on this and the next episode come from Miles Stokes and Elizabeth Alley. Thor, the Lightning and the Storm podcast, specifically episode number eight of Frogs and Men. We have referenced this show before and we will mention it again in the future. This is a must listen.
1: Jeff and Rick Present is a bi weekly self produced podcast recorded in front of a semi live audience right here in Portland, Oregon. If you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Jeff and Rick Present, our Facebook page, Jeff and Rick Present, our email address, Jeff and Rick Present all one word, at gmail.com, or at our website, jeffandrickpresent.wordpress.com. And if you would
0: like to help support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com, jeffandrickpresent, all one word.
1: And we have started to produce our patrons-only episodes featuring the 2005 miniseries, or I should say the miniseries starting in 2005 of Power Pack. So if you'd like to hear about that alternate universe, become a donor, and it's yours. They're kind of fun episodes. I'm not trying to sugarcoat it, but they are actually fun. Please rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher. Tell your friends about us or share your love with us on social media. And as always, we want to thank the wonderful women in our life. My wife, Cindy, and our
0: daughter, Carrie. My fiance, Hillary, and our daughter, Aurora. We love love you. you. Until next time, costumes costumes off. off.
1: Our theme music is 80s action. Also featured in this episode is Crunk Night. All music is by Kevin McLeod at comptech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by a 3.0 license.
0: and credit song. Rick says some stuff. And then we come in with jokes. This might be one of them. It's an outtake. Doot doot.
1: Welcome dear listener to 2019 And to our podcast, or as we like to say in this place, (laughs) (laughs) 201-9. It's an actual year. First place, go buy toys. Last place, go buy toys. We just want to get rid of these things. (laughs) Now, now, now. (laughs) Watch
0: them transform. For example, this one's a car. Stand it up. Now it's a robot. The
1: good news is, I get to bring you beer. That's also a good thing. (laughs) you want to try that again? Yes. All right. (laughs) And use real words. Okay. Like a real human voice.
0: It looks like curtains for all.
1: Oh, come on. Give it a gangster rap.
0: It looks like curtains for all. Before their father can comfort them or give them any answers. Nur- Here's the thing about Nurse Ratchet. I had thought of that joke, and then I'm like, well, I'm going to be putting a Nurse yeah. Ratchet joke yeah. in here. And then I got to this, and I'm like, oh, Rick, well, Rick. <laughs> you adorable so and so, you. I love your thought process. It's my thought process. So I was very excited to see that. So I'm like, I don't got to do nothing there. Perfect. I see you spelled curse, crazy, and capital. Capital capital Capitable 1 capital 1, capital One. i have capital 1 they what's charge a- 100% interest every day what's in your wallet <laughs> 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 hey baba what's mm-hmm. in your wallet
1: out of the <coughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's not I fake. just saw spots <laughs> <laughs>
1: <coughs> Wham!
0: before you go go get out of the way before you go go read Alex's
1: lines and the workers reply I got lazy brought to you by Nestle Quick drink your Ovaltine